Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with your host, Dr. Fuck, and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley. Kick on back and listen to another exciting episode. It's time for the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast! Alright, it's time for the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with me and also with... Yeah! Hello, yes. children of the sun! That's right, it's me and Beer Crack once again here to entertain your balls off. And for you girls listening, we're going to entertain your balls off. Because there's no girls listening, but there's girly people like Justin. So anyway, so uh, we are here to actually finally broadcast a, a, a review that somebody's been asking us to do for a long time now. Now that we're going to do it, he deactivated his account. How fucked up is that? That's fucked up. Anyway, we hope you're okay, Michael W. Howard. And uh, we hope you come back. Or at least we hope you're still going on Podbeam or iTunes and stay while you stay away from Facebook. But uh, anyway, uh, I miss him. Ian was telling me he's glad you're gone. I'm like, fuck you, Ian. <laughs> and then yeah, Ian... No, no, no. But Ian... No, in Ian's defense, he... He apologized because he I was about to quit the show. That's so how much, much dra- that's how much he means to me. So much drama in the LBC. But uh speaking of which, hey Ralph, step in my office. Uh-oh. I don't like when you ask me to do this. Cause you're fucking fired. Well we're fired. What? We yes, we quit slash got fired from the Indie Authority. They schooled our ass. Oh shit. Turn it down, homeboy. Tune down for what? <laughs> so we got, we, we, because of our amazing Guns N' Roses Use Your Illusion Part 2 episode, which, by the way, was had a lot of beeps, but those beeps didn't help. That's how vile we are. Even when we're <laughs> censored, we're fucked. We get banned. So we actually, and and uh, the funny thing is, do you guys, do you got the guy's name from Rock oh. Rock Bottom Productions? Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's a guy that really got offended by our sexual talk because obviously the guy never has had his butt licked or, you know, his dick sucked. And, you know, people like that are uptight. So I can understand why we were kicked off the Indie Authority because he, he even put, like, time. He goes, listen to, like, 27 minutes into the podcast. Listen to what these degenerates are saying. And uh, and then we were asked to, well, they told Ian that we should clean it up a bit. And it's like, no, no, I'm sorry. Uh-uh, uh-uh. We don't live in Cuba, motherfucker. We're in America. We were already on that metal station, you know. Thank you, Scott Green, the great Scott Green. My boss. Exactly. And, you know, I just thought we would try a different market because I would like to expand. I think... Because we do have listeners that don't necessarily listen to what we talk about, but they just enjoy the show. So I'm like, well, here's another market. It doesn't infringe on that metal station. Let's give it a try. And, the, you know, the chick was aggressive. She she sent messages to Ralph, sent messages to me, wanted us to be on. And then when I contacted her, it was kind of weird because she was like, well, tell me about your show. And my first thought was, well, didn't you listen to the show? Yeah. Isn't that why you want us on there? I guess, she, I, I guess she asked us because of word of mouth, maybe. 
Right, and uh, hey, I want to thank her for the time we were on. Uh, I don't oh, know no, no, can... yeah, that's one thing I do want to make clear. You know, I do appreciate them airing us. I'm, it's, it's not like I'm Sour Apples. If anything, I'm kind of proud to be bad, you know? It's kind of like a notch in our belt of how badass we are. We are the Rebellious Podcast. Look, and one thing I want to say, you know, and I want to clarify certain things. I am Dr. Fuck, and I am cocky, and I will say certain things that I don't really mean, but it, it just reflects on my cockiness. And I'm not saying what I'm about to say in a negative way, because there's something out there for everybody. And, and, and I'm not saying every podcast is like this, and I'm not going to name what podcast does this, but I have been told not only by podcasts, but by a close friend of mine who is a big-time deal. Let's, let me put it this way. Think of the biggest bands in the world now. This guy's managed them. And I asked him to be part of our show, and he told me that he couldn't because he's in the industry, and he deals with these people that, you know, if he comes on our show, because he listens to us all the time. If he comes on our show, it's it might bring him problems because we are, you know, no holes barred and we say shit. And there's other podcasts that, hey, man, they want to get Gene Simmons or Paul Stanley on the podcast or, you know, who, whoever it be. And if, you know, they badmouth those, those people, they're not going to get those guests. And that's very commendable. And I appreciate it. And I understand there's nothing wrong with that. But I, I don't give a fuck. And neither does Ian. It's like, we're, right. look, we're not going to get Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons, so let's just be ourselves and let's say what yeah. we feel. We don't restrict ourselves. Now, people that do, that's fine because it really does improve their show by getting these big guests. They're not like us. We're, we're not like them. But I enjoy the fuck out of most of those podcasts, with the exception of one. But we all know which podcast that is. But yeah. let, let me put it this way. People that come on our show, those podcasts I listen to. People that won't come, which, by the way, we did try to get one of the guys from the shitty podcast, but he said he was too busy. And I warned Ian. I said, Ian, he's not going to want to be on our show because that's like a Christian going into the lion's den. You know what I mean? Hey, I I, I gave it a shot, you know. And, and yeah, some shit might have cost us some shit because Dave Ellison from Megadeth is a member of our page. He has commented on our page. But I made a thing about coming on, and I haven't heard anything, and I have a sneaking suspicion because sometimes I'm hard on Dave Mustaine, and sometimes I'm hard on Megadeth. Shit, but it's, it, sometimes it's I'm my, hard on him. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, it's my opinion, and is bad. I, see, I want stars on here way worse than Ralph. Yeah, I don't but, care. But what I won't do is I won't compromise what we do. I mean, because what we do is from the heart, and I think that's the secret to the success of our show. You know, you know, that's what people appreciate is that we're real, man. If we don't like something, we're going to say something. We think something's funny. We're going to say it regardless of the consequences because we're being 100% honest, you know, with our feelings. At that time, sometimes feelings change and sometimes feelings don't change. No, but you know, and that's how we feel. I understand and, and I agree with you 100%, but you know what? By listening to these other podcasts, it's not that they're holding back. They honestly do feel, hey, I love Gina Paul. I love Tommy Thayer. I love this. I don't want to rock the boat. I don't have a problem with these guys. And they sound like they're very genuine. So they're not being fake in any way. It's just that me and Ian are degenerates. Oh, we, yeah. And we like our ass licked during, yeah, dur during sex. You know, a female licking our ass. 
And you know, yeah, yeah. I can understand people that you know that don't don't know the beauty of uh, you know having an athlete. You know, like people that marry their cousins and stuff in Virginia. Hey, hey, hey Justin's not here to defend himself. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so the bottom line is, I thank Indie Authority. I'm, we're not here to bash them. They did us a great service, right? And, and what they said, and, and this is all fairness. Uh, before this came down, you know, she did offer me to clean it up, and I said uh, politely, I was like, uh, no. I'm like, do we talk about rim jobs in every episode? No, but I would never want to feel like I couldn't talk about a rim job if I wanted to. I and, I would like to add rim jobs on every episode from now on. Actually. Well, there you go. We should we should have a porn video of the week from yeah. now on. Well, uh, let's let me just say we already talked about rim jobs for this week. Yeah, but uh, no, I, I want I want to thank them for the for the time on the show. But they did say uh, they're getting ready to expand and reformat, and they are going to air on some FM stations, which then you get the FCC involved. And I yeah. said, hey, maybe it's time we just we part company and. Uh, so I, I wish them no ill will. I just think it's funny, but you know we are the real. We're not gonna fucking change, and uh, you're always gonna get dirty ass licking reviews from us. And Scott Green from that metal station has no problems with it. So thank you, Scott Green. You are a true American. You are a metalhead, and this is somebody. You know we gotta stress this. Scott fought tooth and nail. So funny we're reviewing that to get us on the show because his old partner didn't want us on because we weren't live and and scott did everything to get us on this show and he appreciates us airs us twice a fucking week post you know has ralph ralph can go on whenever he wants ralph has a show played twice a week plus he can go on whenever this is a guy that believes in us a thousand percent and supports us and we support him and we thank all of our listeners who check out that metalstation.com because it is incredible yeah, so Scott, thank you, Scott Green. Yeah, Scott Green is the man. And, 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 and again, I want to stress that, you know, I came off a little harsh uh, from the get-go and in the authority. It was just a joke. What they did for us, they gave us exposure. Obviously, people listened because we got banned. <laughs> <laughs> but but the thing is that they, they did put us out there and, and it just spread the word of the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. And I am eternally grateful for what they did for us. So... In no way I'm looking down on them or, you know, and I understand the whole FM thing. And, you know, they, they had to they had to let us go, even if nobody got offended because uh, FCC will not stand for our shit. But I do want to thank them. Thank you, Indie Authority. Uh, but, you know, this is a band, this is a podcast that should not be on Indie Authority. In fact, we should be on Indie's Nuts Authority. Thank you. <laughs> uh... <laughs> All right, well, here comes the iTunes reviews. And, uh, yeah. excuse me, we got, uh, we got a couple ratings this week. We got more ratings than we got uh, an actual review, but we did get an awesome review. And I want to say we did get another two-star rating. But I believe this is from a disgruntled listener who has been banned from multiple pages because of us. So I, that two-star rating... That does nothing because we still have an average rating of five fucking stars out of 52 ratings. So your little two star ain't hurting me, brother. Let's go into somebody who appreciates us. Two stars and two inches. Yeah, there you go. You know, when you have two inches, you are very disgruntled. No matter 
what? And need I uh, remind this person, which I know who it is, loves our podcast. Loves our podcast. Yeah. He but, loves our podcast like his dad loves taking him to the tool shed. Exactly. <laughs> and he doesn't have two inches. No. That boy's packing. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right. But, but anywho, let's get into somebody that loves us. And this is a five-star review by Art.Aliyah. Aliyah? I don't know. I'm drunk. It's entitled Dangerous and Hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, and it says, When I was a kid, we would hang out behind clubs and venues trying to meet bands. There was always these guys a few years older than us hanging around waiting too. That was they me. Would, yeah. I, would, I would do the same thing. The type you weren't sure if they were selling drugs to the road crew <laughs> or buying it from them. Hey, 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 that's me too. Yeah. The host of the Rock and Metal Combat podcast remind me of those guys. Both hilarious and dangerous. Sometimes the podcast uh, devolves into madness. And <laughs> Others, it evolves into podcast masterpiece. Always entertaining, sometimes hilarious. The Rock and Metal Combat Podcast is among amongst a handful of my go-to music podcast. Kudos. Yeah, I love yeah. that. And by yeah. the way, by the way, I, I never sold drugs to Road Crew. I just bought. Yes. yes, me too. But not from the Road Crew. I mean, that, dude. I mean, you don't buy drugs from Road Crew because they're they're on the road. Their, their, their drugs are just for them and the band. We get it from locally, and then we take it to the show. We hang out in the back. We do drugs, and then we want to meet the band. Yeah, and then we get rim jobs. Yeah. We're the older oh. guys that like rim jobs. There you go. I guess it's a 70s and 80s thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into some news, shall All we? right, man. we got to speed this up. We've been yapping a while. All right. All right. Uh, did you see the new Motorhead video? No, I saw there was one, but I didn't have time to watch it. I was too yes, busy sir. getting my, my rim job. <laughs> All right, well, there's a new Motorhead video for When the Sky Comes Looking for You off the new album Bad Magic. Is it good? And uh, Yeah, dude, it's a cool video. I, I, I'll tell you this, the song I think is okay. It's not my favorite song of the album, but the video I really dig. Uh Check it out, man. New Motorhead video. And in a time when nobody makes videos anymore because nobody plays them. But YouTube, definitely check it out. Well, there's a new uh, Thrasher Die video, too, by the way. Oh. Uh, my band has a video called I Thrash on Your Grave. Check it out. Nice. It's really good, too. It has a gazillion clips. It's uh, it's kind of like watching that Pantera home video in three minutes. Nice. All right. Well, uh... Ian Pace was talking about how Deep Purple's up for eligibility this year in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And that I did see. Yeah, and I thought he had, I really loved, you know, he had a lot of comments. Basically, it's about, oh, God, that could be a fistfight because of, you know, members who don't get along. Most famously, Ian Gillen and uh, Richie Blackmore. But here's a little snippet I want to read that I, I think sums up how we feel about him. He says, the Hall of Fame should be embarrassed for not inducting us already. Look at some of the non-entities who've gotten in. I won't name them, but just have a look at some of those names, and you'll know what I mean. Glammaster Flash! What have they ever done for rock and roll? Madonna! Have these artists in before Deep Purple... Oh, I'm sorry. Having these artists in before Deep Purple undermines what it's supposed to represent. ABBA! 
Yeah. And I, I think that sums it up perfectly. LL Cool J. Uh, yeah. Donna Summer. You know? And some of these artists I love, but this is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, this Sammy is Hagar. Oh, God. Yeah, oh, he God. was inducted with Van Halen. Can you believe that shit? Of course you can. It's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, no. Yeah. They won't induct Eric, Eric Carr. God forbid. But they'll induct Sammy Hagar. Thank you. Yeah, and yet, and yet, people care for this place. People still want. See, I said this in a previous episode, and I'll say it again. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ain't the problem. You're the problem. You, yeah, you listening that wants these bands to go in there, that complain that they're not in there. You actually want the you want the enemy to accept what you like. That's like the Bloods wanting the approval from the Crips. All right. All right, time is short. Next story. <laughs> yeah, don't uh, get me started. Uh, ACDC has just announced a new round of U.S. tour dates. Get them the fuck out of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. What are they doing in there? Hey, time is short. Uh, they're coming nowhere near me. Madonna. Sorry to say, I'm not going to travel to see this set list. I love ACDC. I've seen them twice. But uh, I'm not going to travel. But luckily for you, Ralph, the plane right by you, I, you're going to go, right? Yeah, but dude, run DMCs in the fucking place and not Deep Purple. Come on. Why do people care? All right, ACDC on tour. Next story. No, no, hey, hey. I'm happy about that, bro. That's on a day off at the big BBT Center. And I plan on throwing down some big bucks because I want to get close for the last time I see them. Because I honestly think that's it. This is the last yeah. one. Probably. All right. James Hetfield was naming the top 10 things that happened to him in 2015. Number 10 on his list was Justin Bieber wearing a Metallica shirt. He said he said uh, he thinks Justin Bieber is an incredible talent. Well, I'm kind of pissed Justin Bieber ain't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. What's up with that? No, I think he is already. I think okay, is. okay. That makes sense. But, uh, yeah, he went on to, like, sing the praise of Justin Bieber and says, oh, he's just, uh, you know, a young kid, you know, with a lot of fame. And, yeah, he's going to make mistakes, but he's very talented. Uh, so there goes my hope for the new Metallica album. <laughs> Next story. Uh, here's something this is kind of sad. Ricky Rocket. Yeah, no, I heard yeah. about this. This sucks. Yeah, he's... He's battling, uh, he has oral, a oral, oral, yeah. oral cancer, which proves you can get cancer just from sucking. I knew you were going to say that, dude. I knew you and, were going there. Oh, yeah. I'm, come I'm on, there. come and, on. Hey, 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 come on. That's a soft, that's an underhand pitch. Come on, I don't, man. I don't, I don't, I don't mean I, to be in the authority-ish over here. But come hey, on. I mean, it's a human being. Hey, I had to say it. I don't wish anything bad on Ricky Rocket. I wish him the best. I, I I hope he cures it. I hope they caught it soon. And I hope he's around for many years to get stood up by Brett Michaels for another poison tour. That's right. This is what I hope. I hope Ricky Ricky Rocket uh, beats cancer and uh, enjoys the fact that they will never be nominated in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Thank you. There you go. All right, here's something, man. I'm on the fence about this, and I'm always on the fence with this kind of shit. But there is a sample of Pantera's I'm Broken in a new Carl's Jr. commercial. I think that's and, great. 
And depending on where you live, some places it's called Carl's Jr., some places it's called Hardee's. Where I grew up in Illinois, it was called Hardee's. In the West, it's called Carl's Jr. I like that. Uh, I, I have mixed feelings. I mean, part of it is like, yeah, that's cool. They're using Pantera. But in another way, I think it kind of trivializes music that I care about. Like, this isn't a jingle. This is an amazing song. But then on the other hand, hey, a band's getting paid for it. Because they got to pay them to use this shit. But uh, more drugs for Anselmo. Hey, mixed emotions on that one. But, uh, you know, it's better than hearing some other crap music, I guess. Yeah, man. I think every fucking commercial should be Pantera and all bands we like. Justin Bieber. All right. Next story. Richie Blackmore has announced that if these few shows that he's doing soon. Dude, dude, don't get racist, bro. What the fuck? What are you talking about Black Horse for? Oh, hey, I love Black Horse. But anyway. Okay. That's right. I I I got a sweet tooth for brown sugar. But anyway, Richie Blackmore. What does Bla- what does Blackmore have to do with Black Horse? Uh, find out next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he said if these shows are successful, that there could be more Blackmore, and I got a feeling they're going to be extremely successful in Europe. I mean, you know, he's doing select dates, so of course they're going to be successful. But uh, I would like to see some shit in the states, but I. I out it a lot. Yeah, Plus but but if it does become more successful, there'll be more black horse. There you go, and and we could all use more of those. That's right. Uh, he did say he's battling arthritis, and then what? that's an issue. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. God damn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's like seventy, dude. Why? You know? Why? Stop aging. Oh, okay. I'll see what I can. Do. It pisses me off how people get old. I mean, could you stop? Really. What's so wrong about being youthful? What's so wrong about not having arthritis? I ask you, D. I mean, what's wrong about Black Horse, too? What's so wrong with peace, love, and understanding? I have no idea. I I, I don't know. I've never had a Black Horse. Do they look like ass? Ah, they look like ass. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Tom Huntington from Exodus was asked about current plans for Exodus after this tour. And he said uh, there's a good possibility they're going to record a live album and a live DVD to, uh, you know, to represent Zetro being back. And they said yeah. they're also excited to have Zetro do some of the Rob Dukes material. You think they're going to represent the, uh, the live album, the live DVD? They're going to represent the fact that Gary Holt's not with them? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he'll, he'll come back for that. Of course sure. they will. All right, uh, there was just a party at the fucking, was it at the Whiskey or the Rainbow? It was at both. There's always a party at both of them. All right, I can't remember. I mean, it should be at the Rainbow. For some reason, I'm thinking the Whiskey. But anyway, it was a party for Lemmy's 70th birthday, which he turned 70 on Christmas Eve. Yes. But, you know, know, they knew nobody was going to be in town for that, so they threw it now, and a lot of rock stars were there, and Lemmy was there, and... uh, Ooh, let me look so frail. I know, I, I, I know. I, I, I just, I feel bad when, when, I, when I see him now. And I know he just came out and said, he goes, I'm tired of people asking me, like, when I'm going to die. And it, it, I can't think of a world without Lemmy. But I just look at Lemmy and I'm just like, oh, Lord. Like, I want to give him a hug, but I'm scared I would break something. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, when I was on that motorboat, for those of you that, I just listened to that episode the other day. Because I am in the process. I'm, should I give this away? Yeah, I will. I'm in the process of compiling 
the best of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, when we make our 100th episode, it's going to be a best of show. And I was listening to the Motorboat episode, and I was talking about how, man, Lemmy was so frail, and it was kind of sad to see him, you know, that way. But I got to tell you something. The last time I saw Motorhead over here in Pompano Beach, he looked frail and everything, but he was more energetic. And I was, you know, and that was after a, a string of shows that he would cancel, including one that Ian was supposed to go to. And yeah. when, he, when he came here, it, he kicked ass, and it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't like old Motorhead, but it was way better than the motorboat. He, he looked frail, but he didn't act so frail. Right. Well, what I'd, what I'd like to see out of, out of them is, is almost kind of like with Rush. You know, I was like, if, if you don't want to tour, you're getting too old for the rigors of a tour, just do some studio stuff, man. You have nothing left to prove. You've entertained people all over the world. No, no, I, there's no money in that, Ian. That's the thing. Well, yeah, yeah you're true. That That is a problem. But then again, I mean, if that's how Lemmy wants to go out and die on stage, who am I, you know, to, to stop him from doing that, man? He's fucking Lemmy. But uh, I, I just worry about him. It's sad. It's sad. We're all getting old, dude. And uh, Lemmy, happy 70th birthday. We love you here at the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. And let's have an applause for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame never taking in Motorhead. Uh, Hell yeah. yeah. A very influential band. Why would they take them in there? Thank you. Thank you, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And fuck right. you. And fuck you, anybody out there that wants Motorhead in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. A big fuck you from me and Lemmy. Thank you. All right. Uh, one last story. One last get... story. There you go. Before we get in the review, uh, it's been said that there will be a reunion of the David Lee Roth, Eatem, and Smile band. Yes. Uh, and it, it will happen in the future, and they have to pick a bigger venue because... Sammy Hagar is all jealous of the attention and called the fire marshal last time they had a show. And uh, I kind of, I'm, I'm sad because I, I think this is like the death knell for him in, in Van Halen again. But when I found out, I was talking to a, to a fan of the show today who we're going to have on a future episode. His name's Brian. And uh, he let me know a couple of things I didn't know that there really has been no singer in Van Halen since 95 since since sammy got booted it's just people contracted for so many years and dave's contract ran out at the end of this last tour i, I you know what i think dude i think dave is gonna stay i i don't, I don't think dave's leaving van halen you know why because of a recent quote eddie did you see this quote eddie which is brought out eddie said Set, something yeah about uh, uh about, about the DNA and yeah, there's no yeah, other. Yeah, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, but that, that that's a quote from like a year ago. Oh, I thought that was recent. No, no, that was from like a year ago. But here's the thing. Well, he's right. Uh, no, no, he's absolutely right. But I really think any kind of like him doing shit with Edom and Smile is going to piss Eddie off. I mean, look at look at what, uh, you know, Mike playing with Sammy did. You know, that, that got him 86 out of the band. You know, I really think if Dave's doing this and Dave kind of put off putting out this album he did with John Five, and I think that's only because of Eddie or he'd release it. But now that Dave's doing this, because if you remember the initial reports, it wasn't supposed to be Dave. It was supposed to be no. My... Oh, oh, but I got I got the story behind that. Did you hear that interview with Steve Vai on Eddie Trunk? No, I haven't. Heard okay, that. this is this is what Steve Vai said. Steve Vai said that. They announced it was going to be Ralph. 
But that was never the case because oh. if they if they would announce it would have been Dave, all hell would have broke loose. Even though all hell broke loose anyway, because just the thought of the Edom and Smile band being fronted by Ralph really brought a lot of people out. Not nobody there knew Dave was going to be there, and they were only supposed to do Yankee Rose and uh, uh, another song. Shy, probably Shy Boy. Huh? Yes. Shy Boy and Yankee Road, they were only supposed to perform two songs. And uh, with Dave. But nobody, everybody thought it was going to be Ralph, but they were going to surprise everybody. And it turns out this place that they had to show it was a fucking bowling alley. Yeah. It was weird, you know? Yeah, it, it's a place that, it, it's a thing started by Chuck Wright, who's, uh, you know, famous for being in uh, Quiet Riot. And uh, he does this, you know, it's just where people get up and play every week. And uh, this week, uh, Edom and Smile Band took it over, and man, it just went through the roof. Our own listener, Vincent Cavanaugh, was there. And uh, man, I would I would love to see that, because I never got to see the Edom and Smile tour. And uh, it'd be amazing, but man, just the thought of Van Halen ending again, or like bringing Sammy back, is just, it's just like, I would almost want to do some ISIS shit and kill everybody. Not me. I think I said this in that our news thing. I would like Sammy to come back so we can finally lay to rest his stupid bullshit how him and Van Halen are so successful together. Right, right, but did that happen in 2004? I mean, did that prove it? No, that, no, no we, we gotta ram it down because it seems like people forgot about that nightmare. We need, I want a new Van Hagar album. I do. I want them to go and record an album so it can do less than a different kind of truth. It can flop harder than uh, Van Halen 3, and they start playing smaller venues. But I don't think... You see, here's the thing. I really don't think it can, it's going to happen because the trajectory will turn Eddie off. You know? Okay, look. You get Sammy back. This is the deal. You're going to have to downgrade. You're going to have to go the Sharon route. And... On top of that, you can't be playing no early Van Halen stuff. And, I, you know, and another thing, if Eddie says to Sammy, you can come back, but but no Michael, I bet you fucking Sammy will backstab Michael, dude. As much as he said he wouldn't, I bet you he would. Fuck anyway, him. fuck Van Hagar. Let's get into a band that is a thousand times better than Van Hagar, and that's Dawkins. Rockin' with Dockin'. Yes, we are. And here we go with their second album, Tooth and Nail. All right, Dockin', Tooth and Nail. This is uh, the second Dockin' album. I, you know, that's, I, knew this, I knew this band already. Uh, the first time I ever heard of Dockin', this is a funny story, actually. I was on a Metro bus. That's the first time I heard Dockin'. Cause that, and this was... Uh, Whew, 83 maybe? Yeah, it was like 83. I'm in a Metro bus. And uh, I had a little boombox. And it was really late at night. And I was listening to The Metal Shop. Which was a syndicated uh, show that was on radio. That was uh, heavy metal. They only played metal. And it was on at 1 in the morning over here. And I was on a Metro bus at the time. Listening to The Metal Shop. In a little boombox where I was actually recording it. And, and, and they played... Which to this day is still my favorite Dawkins song, um, uh, Paris is Burning. And I remember hearing that going, What the fuck? This is awesome. 
You know, the, it starts with that killer guitar solo, then it goes into that double bass. You know, it's just an awesome, amazing song. And then uh, I ran out and bought Breaking the Chains. I, oh, I think I saw the Breaking Chains video soon after that on uh, MTV. Bought the album. Very disappointed. I'm sorry. I don't like that album. I really don't. There's like four cuts on it I really like. The rest is just garbage. But then Tooth and Nail came out. I saw um, Into the Fire video, I believe, first. And I dug it, so I, I oh, let me give Dokken another chance. And uh, to this day, it's still my favorite Dokken album. And uh, and then we'll get into the album. So how did you discover them uh, there? <clears throat> I think the first time I heard them was probably... Uh, it was around the Underlock and Key era. That's when I first got into metal. Uh, I think I saw the video for It's Not Love. And really dug it. And it was a part of when I got into metal, I started uh, ordering all this shit through Columbia House. You know, using every relative name. Ordering all these cassettes. And the first one I got was Under Lock and Key. And I dug it a lot. Like now, like Under Lock and Key definitely isn't my favorite. But I really loved it at the time. Uh, I didn't, I didn't come to know this album until years later because I just got from Under Lock and Key on. I mean, I knew the songs from like uh, MTV and the live album uh, Beast in the East, but uh, I didn't actually listen to this album in its entirety until years later. Uh, but always loved Doc and just something about him. I mean, I love Don's voice. Uh, just saw him live not too long ago, and he gets a lot of shit now. I thought it was passable. It wasn't, you know, great, 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 but it wasn't as horrible as a lot of people make it sound either. Uh, and really enjoyed the show. But uh, always loved Dokken. Of course, George Lynch, top three guitar players from the 80s to me are George Lynch, Warren D. Martini, and J.P. Lee. Uh, he just has a very distinct style. Amazing. Jeff Pilson, great songwriter, uh, great background vocalist, uh, producer. Uh, and Mick Brown is just, he's not, like, you know, he's not John Bonham, but he's solid. He keeps the beat, and uh, he's a character, man. He was hilarious in concert. He would tell stories in between songs and shit. It was fucking hilarious. Plus, he got a DUI for stealing a fucking golf cart, you know, when he's with Ted Nugent, so that's pretty fucking awesome. Uh, I, I just always dug these guys, man. It's, it's you know, it, it's cock rock, but uh, I love it, man. Love it. I make no apologies. I love me some fucking docking. So what do you say we get into this motherfucker? You want to take the first track, Ralph? No, I want to hand it over to you. All right. This one starts out uh, with an instrumental called Without Warning. And I don't know. This one really doesn't do that much for me. I mean, it's not like a, an eruption or Spanish fly. And, and for a guitar player that I, I love so much... Uh, this really doesn't do anything for me. I think the biggest thing is the way it translates into the next track. It it doesn't seem like a flow to me. It just seems like something different that doesn't necessarily go right into it. And, I mean, it's not bad, but it's just not... To me, if you're going to do, like, a little instrumental or a segue, it be, you better fucking bring it. I mean, it better serve a purpose and be good. If not, it just sounds out of place. And especially, you know, being the intro... It seems out of place to me. What do you think, Ralph? Uh, no, no, I actually like it. I, I do dig it. I think it's a good, uh, it's a good uh, little introduction to the album, man. A little different, but it's 
just like layers and layers and layers of guitars, acoustic, and you know, it's, I don't know, to me it's like kind of like uh, the calm before the storm. Even though that calm is a little chaotic at, as far as like the shredtastic guitars that George Lynch uh, supplies on there. Uh, I dig it. I think it's great. I think, um, I don't think there's anything bad about this album at all. I mean, there is one song that has not aged too well with me, but I'll talk about that when we get there. I still think it's a good song, but it just hasn't aged as good. It was more, it's, it really was of the time. But why am I talking about that song if we're not there yet? Uh, so then we go into my favorite Dawkins song of all time. No, isn't that Paris is Burning? What's wrong? You just say, yeah, you just say it. <laughs> and then you're tired, it's okay. Yeah, we both haven't slept. I haven't slept because I was like, I, I really got, uh, I don't even want to say it. I don't want to mention it, please. Because yeah. that that might that might ruin my social life if I bring yeah, that I, up. I don't want to mention mine either. Let's just say we're both tired. <laughs> yeah, let's just say yeah. Ian Ian's is worse than mine. I mean, I I had a reason. Ian Ian just fucking Ian Ian passed out. I've been awake a lot along this time. Let's just let's just say it that way. Uh, anyway, so um, uh, tooth and nail. Yeah, probably. Yeah, you know, now I think about it, I think I like it more than Paris is Burning. For the fear of fact that it's like right out the gate, just blistering all the way to the end. Well, Paris is Burning does have a guitar solo in the beginning, which is cool, but not as blistering as uh, Tooth and Nail, because Tooth and Nail, right out the gate. And I love it. I made a video for it that rules. Y'all should check it out. Phase Linear Videos on YouTube, uh, which I actually... Uh, add without warning on there as well and uh i love it and that guitar solo in that song is like holy crap can you imagine what ozzy would have been like oh it would have been amazing you know what i just heard jakey lee said said this and i don't believe jakey lee for a second randy rhodes was the second choice did you hear this no i did not hear all right according to jakey lee george lynch was the first choice for the Blizzard of Oz. And what happened was his manager said, look, this docking band's going places. Don't waste your time with this drunk that they kicked out of Black Sabbath. So so George left and I go, okay, get the second guy in, Randy Rhodes. I don't believe that. I really don't believe that. I think, I think Randy was the first choice. I think... George was the first choice, and then Randy came in, and Ozzy said, "No, no, let's get this guy instead." That's well, see, how. I, I always heard about uh, you know George Lynch almost got it again when Randy yes, died before Jake. That is true. He was offered it again. Now I don't know the story there what happened, but yeah, um, Jake went in, and uh, but they they told him that George got the job, and then the next thing you know, they called Jake. So. I don't know what happened there. I think he did discuss it. I, I heard I heard uh, they didn't like his hair. Do you remember how horrible it was around yes. that time? He had, he had that weird patch and everything. Right. And, and they didn't like his look. You know, right. in the 80s, it was all about a look. But I, I never knew about the thing before, uh, you know, before Randy. But I'm not saying uh, it, it didn't happen because from what I've heard, George was real big in that circle, you know, and everybody's like, had big, uh, you know, predictions and hopes for George Lynch. Randy Rhodes, and, Randy Rhodes thought George Lynch was better than Eddie Van Halen. 
paid, man. George Lynch is fucking incredible, uh, you know? Yeah, but I, so. I disagree with the late and great Randy Rhodes, man. Nobody's better than Eddie. Anyway, what do you think of Tooth and Nail? Oh, I fucking love it. Holy shit. Uh, probably the heaviest song I think they've done. I mean, this is just like traditional metal. This isn't even cock rock. This is just like, to me, you can really hear some like, uh, just traditional metal, man. So maybe a little bit of the uh, new wave of British heavy metal kind of thing going. It's just a hard ass fucking rock or nothing, you know, poser about this song. Uh, had no involvement from Don Dockett, which I found uh, weird. Uh, it was written by everybody but him. But man, this is just a fucking. Man, you, you put this, you know, this comes out of your car, you crank this fucking shit up. It's, it's classic fucking docking. It's classic fucking metal. Uh, then we go into the, the third song, which was the second single off the album, Just Got Lucky. Holy fuck do I love this. I fucking love this song. Uh, George's guitar, it, it, it's almost like a crying riff. That, uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. It made it to number 27 on the rock charts. Not on the Hot 100, but on the rock charts. It made it to 27. The second single, one of my all-time favorites. What do you think of Just Got Lucky? I love this song. Um, love the video, too. Where there, it's all, yeah. it's all um, uh, mirrors. Uh, you were saying, well, you know, about Tooth and Nail. This ain't cock rock, but, you know, I mean, and I always say, I know I've said in past episodes, but hey, maybe somebody didn't hear it out there, so I'll repeat it again. Sorry. But when this album came out, it was no such thing as cock rock. Dokken was known as a heavy metal band. Motley Crue, heavy metal. Rat met heavy metal. All these bands that later became quote-unquote cock rock, which I, I think cock rock was born with uh, Poison and, and Bon Jovi and stuff like that. That's when everything got labeled cock rock. But this was heavy metal, but... but I will say, uh, just got lucky. Those kind of have that cock rock vibe that you know later cock rock bands would do. But I, I, I dig this song. Maybe it's because of the time. I'm a little more accepting of a song like this. Maybe if Dokken would have released this later on, like I'll give you give you an example, like Burning Like a Flame. I don't like that song, and and that song's not that you know different than this. But uh, I do love this song. I love the riffs. I love uh, the melody. And, um, and you know, funny thing about the video, I don't know if anybody out there knows this so uh, story, but they, they got a helicopter and they put George Lynch up on a volcano, which you all seen this, you know. Um, and George Lynch is playing next to a volcano and you see smoke coming out. Well, according to George Lynch and Doc in, in an interview I read, the volcano erupted, and they got George Lynch out of there like right in the nick of time. Uh, right when the, you know they were taking off, lava and everything just blew up out of the fucking thing. So if they would have like stayed there a little longer, uh, George Lynch would have been fried Lynch. So um, the next song after this, I could be wrong because uh, Ian's in the bathroom, and boy, he's taking way too long in the bathroom. But I'm gonna go into the next song, and if I'm wrong, then we'll go back to the song that I thought. Well, the next song is called Heartless Heart, I think. Heartless Heart, to me, sounds like when it starts, it's like breaking the chains again. It's like, yo, this sounds like breaking the chains. What the fuck? 
but the rest of the song is different. And um, you got a hot. I, I like this song. This is a great song too. Uh, she wanted this. I gave it. No, is that a different song? <laughs> I think that's Guns for Hire, uh, Bullets to Spare, or something. I don't know. Anyway, I do love Heartless Heart. Ian still ain't back. He must be like, man, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? This guy left even before I started talking about just got lucky. And uh, here we are waiting for him to come back. So I'm just going to keep rambling on and say, oh, there, I got something to say. I don't have to say it later in the show. I saw this tour. It was Twisted Sister Stay Hungry, uh, Y&T and Rock We Trust, and uh, Doc and open the show with uh, To The Nail. Oh! And I forgot, I saw this tour even again. Because Dio, last in line, came with Dokken, and they were still on the Tooth and Nail tour. So I saw this tour twice. And I can tell you, they were an opening act, and they played basically every song on this album except for Heartless Heart. Because I remember them doing, I'm trying to think, yeah, every song on this album was played live as an opening act. So I'm thinking they probably just did breaking the chains and this album because they were an opening act and uh yeah they were great oh. and boy he's finally back dude i just rambled so much you took so fucking long i'm sorry i didn't know if the next song was heartless heart or not but i talked about it well is yes. that the song after just got lucky yes heartless heart all right bathroom boy tell us what tell us what you think <laughs> about that song uh I think it's filler, but I dig it. Uh, it's an album track. I'm not going to skip it, but uh, it's not a standout to me. And this was another one uh, written without Don. Uh, not bad. Not much I can add here. It, it's a it's a good album track, but it's 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 background song to me. It's not like a oh shit, turn it up. It's heartless heart, you know. I do that with it. Oh, it's to the nail. It just got lucky. This to me is just there, but it's still, you know, good song. All right, then we go on to the next track, which is Don't Close Your Eyes. Um, again, to me, this is an album track, uh, but a good one. I, I really dig this song. Uh, the album's got a good flow to it. I, I do like that. Even the ones that aren't necessarily stand out, I love the way it flows and it never gets boring. And, uh, don't close your eyes. Good docking song. What do you think? I love this song. I love that opening riff. It's a total George Lynch, uh, you know, a showcasing song. Played live. I've seen them play this live. Um, yeah, uh, amazing song, I think. Great way to uh, uh, close side two. Um, it just side kicked. One. Yeah, side one. We're both half awake. Uh, and then. Uh, I'm going to flip this album over and go into the next track, which is probably my all-time favorite Dawkins song. <laughs> uh, actually, yeah, I, I'd have to say it's probably my second or third favorite song they've ever done. I've been always a huge fan of When Heaven Comes Down. Uh, back in the day, dude, I remember this song was like, that just opened a riff like, gank, such heaviness. I love this fucking song. I, everything about this song to me is perfect, non-cock rock, heavy metal. What do you think? 
Oh, I love it. To me, it's a great deep track. I mean, they did play it live. But, you know, you, you ask like a casual docking fan, they might not know this song. I think it's fucking perfect, though. Uh, I believe there's a version of this on Beast in the East, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's how I first heard the song. And I loved it on there, and I love it on this. I'm not a big I mean, fan of Beast in the East. See, I, I really dug it, but at the time, that was like the height of my dock. I mean, because my favorite docking album uh, of all time is Back to the Attack. And it was on that tour. Uh, you know, it was the last thing they did before they broke up. And, man, at that time, I was just playing docking nonstop. I really I really loved that album, but in all honesty, I hadn't heard it in forever. But I remember I really liked it back then. I need to give that, I'm going to give that a spin today after we're done. Uh, what, what didn't you like about it? I just don't like live albums after the 70s, with the exception of one or two here and there. Oh, but okay. there's something about live albums that just do not do nothing for me. Uh, but, you know, I don't know, because I guess uh, the 70s live albums set the bar too high for me. But I don't think, I haven't heard a good live album in the 80s, like maybe early 80s, like Made in Japan. The re-release of Twisted Sisters live at Hammersmith, which was what, 84, you know? Right. I mean, <clears throat> but other than that, I can't think of any live, you know, Scorpions Worldwide Live's okay. And you all know what I feel about Live After Death, the most overrated fucking live album of all time. But <clears throat> I don't, I can't think of any live albums that, that I, I listened to from the 80s. And I owned, and that, you know what you were saying, I think I'll do the same thing. I'm going to pop in Beast from the East. I do own it on CD, which I, I believe there's something omitted from it. The yes. C what What is it? I think I, Standing in the Shadows, maybe. I, I'd have to, you know, I got it's in the other room. I'd have to grab it to see. But I, I do remember seeing that, that something was omitted off the CD. God, I hate that. Oh, I, re I really hated that. In, 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 the, in the 80s and stuff, You a lot of albums, especially live albums, would always be something yeah. omitted. And, and you know what? That's why That's why it's good that, that uh, Napster came around. It just fucked these fucking record companies. I mean, yeah, it fucked the band. That part's unfortunate. But record companies were really douchebags because instead of, instead of releasing... God, this was a brand new fucking album, Beast in the East. It came out, and they still released it on one CD because they're cheap fucks that don't want to release it on two CDs. It makes no sense whatsoever to me to do shit like that. I never owned Beast in the East on vinyl. I don't think I've ever heard those live songs that were omitted. I believe Standing in the Shadows is one of them, and I love that fucking song. It probably not, but I know there is a couple songs that uh, were omitted, and that's bullshit, man. But, you know, I will play the omitted CD version, uh, I guess, later on. It's not even in my iPod, because I remember it was just, I don't know, man, unmemorable. It's like I played it back then, I bought it, played it, I was like, eh. Walk Away's a good song. I like I like the yeah, the, stu the studio track. The studio yeah. track's good, you know. The vi yeah. the video's kind of funny. Uh, yeah. Docking with braided hair. Yeah. <laughs> and they, and they knew they were they were broken up already. Yeah, you don't see them together if I no. remember correctly. Like they're all like somebody's on a mountain or some shit. Yeah. I think there is one scene where they are all together, where it's a okay. helicopter circling them and they're all playing on the ground together. I think. Okay. I could be wrong. Or maybe yeah. they got different people to play them as the helicopter <laughs> flew over. Yeah, I, I don't think that's George. I actually think that's Tommy Thayer. Yeah, so, there you go. Yeah. 
They've dressed up like women. Yeah. But, uh... All right. Yeah, heaven comes down. Rules. All right. Well, then we go into Into the Fire. The first single off the album. Holy fuck, is this a classic track. I never, ever, ever get tired of this song. Uh, made it to number 21 on the rock charts, but not the Hot 100. Uh, was also used in the opening scene of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Is that true? She, really? Yeah, yeah. When she's yeah. Th- 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 in uh, the movie where she's building like the Plaster Paris house of the of the Elm Street house, they're playing into the fire. You know, and then at the end you hear Dream Warriors. But in the beginning, she's listening to Into the Fire. Man, I've seen that movie a gazillion times, and I don't think I ever noticed that. Yeah, I was excited because I saw it in the theater. And, so I did I. Like, oh. so, so and I was like, oh, docking. And I didn't even know that song at the time, but I knew when I heard it, because I didn't have this album. But I knew when I heard it, I was like, that's docking. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, what can you say about Into the Fire, though, man? It's just fucking, that's badass. Everything I love about docking in this fucking song, incredible. What do you think? Hell uh, yeah, I'm uh, awesome to him. Is uh, it your favorite docking song now? No. <laughs> Actually, no. I mean, me and you differ a lot, bro. I mean, I'm not going to say nothing bad about this song. I love this song, but I like like a lot of songs on here more, you know. Uh, but I love Into the Fire. I love every song on this album. I think it's a great song. But, you know, when you, like like we always say, topical is like, dude, even if the album's perfect, there's songs that we put above it. And there's many songs on Tooth and Nail we put above Into the Fire. And I know it's not a popular think because anybody that loves Dokken would probably say this is one of their best songs. I disagree. I think it's a great song uh, but it's not uh, it's not no um, When Heaven Comes Down or or uh, Tooth and Nail to me, you know. I like Just Got Lucky more, you know. But but it's still a good song. Uh, great video with George Lynch with the Kaja Gugu look. <laughs> and uh yeah, then we go into Bullets to Spare, right? Yes. Now, one thing I remember about Bullets to Spare is when I saw them live. And they, and this song, to me, was better live. And it's great on the album. Better than Into the Fire, in my opinion. But I love this song. It's like, she wanted this, I gave her that. It's so cool. It's so catchy. It's pop metal, not cock rock, what well, later it would be called. But it was like it had that pop sensibility to it, and I think that's what separated Dokken from a lot of the bands was they really did uh, have a lot of really catchy, hooky medley, med- medleys, kind of like Def Leppard, but they sound not like Def Leppard. Anyway, I love Bullets to Spare. What do you think? Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, only only song on the whole album that was written by you know every member had a had their hand in this. Uh, and I dig it, man. They didn't play this when I saw them live. I wish. But then again, shit, I wish I saw the original lineup. I don't think this song survived after the Tooth and Nail tour. Yeah. But, uh, man, I mean, it is catchy as hell, man. Uh, I fucking love this. And, uh, you know, it's funny. Like, you're like, I don't consider it cock rock. What do you call it? Like, pop metal? or Well, see, I don't consider... When I say cock rock... I don't mean it as derogatory. No, I know. You, you love that shit. I, I, I mean it as, like, uh, it, it, it's lighter than thrash, you know? It, it's just, it's it's hard rock, 
but it's fun rock. Uh, you know, and it brings back fun memories. I know, like, uh, like Eddie Trunk gets so offended by the term hair metal. I mean, he gets really mad about that term. And uh, I can kind of see that as more derogatory. But what I love, you know, when I call it cock rock, it's because that's what it is. I mean, these are songs that take me back to a time and a happy place where it's all about fucking, and this music hits you in the oh, fucking Oh, Ian, 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 I hate to cut you off, but I got a fart. Ready? Yeah. All right. Ooh, that was a good one. That was a good one. That was quick. Hey, and it was still, dry. Dry, very important. Dry yeah. farts are really good. Still a little tight for your age. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, dude, uh, you know, cock rock to me is just fun, you know? Now, don't get me wrong, you know, sometimes cock rock does go overboard. It got watered down to the point where it was like, you know, Nelson was considered heavy metal. And it's not, you know, that that is so, like, like every genre of music start any genre starts out there's some trendsetters and some really good bands and then the next you know wave comes along and they're a little bit watered down and then it gets watered down again but that happens to every genre of music same thing happened with the grunge there were some good grunge bands but then it gets watered down watered down and in a couple of years you got fucking creed you know yeah so, and bang tango <laughs> you know I'm right. You know I'm right. The thing is, you you grew up eventually, and it fucking dawned on you that Creed is watered down grunge. But man, come on, dude. Dokken and Motley Crue and Rat. You know the beginning of this. Oh yeah. Oh and, and, then, it's, and, and then, it's the best pack rock. And then you had all these like Warren and 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 Bang Tango and Trickster and all this watered down garbage that I I agree. That, I know you. You love to tease me about Bang Tango, but I really love that Someone Like You song. That, don't don't I, ruin the illusion for the fans, please. You I, are I, the you are the resident cock rock dude. Oh no, I am the resident cock rock dude. But I never even owned that album. I just really love that song. But I, it, I, it, I, I, to me, to goof on you and saying Bang Tango, Bang Tango is a funny word. Two words. <laughs> so by saying you're a Bang Tango fan, makes it even funnier. But. You may just like one song from Bantango, but it doesn't really stray you from a Bantango fan with the crap you yeah. like. Yeah, no, and, and I do like some crap, and, it, you know, it's it's part of my childhood. It brings back good memories. It's like, you know, there was a discussion on the page the other day. Uh, I mean, I don't know when this episode will air, but the other day uh, people were talking about Metallica Load and Reload, and you could see the people who really were defending that album were people who, when it came out, they were the age I was when Cock Rock came out. So to them, it brings back memories of their teen year. It brings back good memories, and I think that's why they give shitty albums a pass. I can look. I I like two songs off uh, Load, and I like one song off Reload. And and Load is kind of like I mean, I I don't like it at all. Don't get me wrong. But man, reload is just hard to get through. I don't know how anybody can defend that one. But cock rock to me is very special. It's not my favorite form of metal by any means, but it has a special place in my heart. It's what got me into it. You know, it, I mean, and truth, I mean, Cinderella. You know, was the first one I bought. Like when I really got into it, then Asylum, and uh, you know, all this shit. If it wasn't for that, was my gateway drug. You know, and then you know, and I love all kinds of thrash there's death metal i like and all this shit but i never would have got into it if it wasn't for cock rock now that explains a lot because 
you know, I always have that discussion with you. It's like, dude, why is it that you hate these, like, rip-roaring metal songs? You're always like, ah, it's filler and this and that. But now I understand because you got into metal through Cock Rock, where I got into metal through Judas Priest and Black Sabbath, basically. And yeah, I, guess, I love that shit, too. No, I know, but it's not what got you into it. Right, but it's it's my favorite. I'll take that over Cock Rock. I but know it's you what would. Got me into metal. You would, but it, it, it explains why you would say I'll Take You Alive was a, was a filler track on You Can't Stop Rock and Roll. It just wasn't memorable to me. I mean, yeah, I'm not. I'm not bringing you down, bro. I'm sure there's a lot of people who agree with you. You know, it's me. Like I said, musical taste is very. It's just fucking subjective. So I'm not. I'm just saying this is very interesting because I didn't really know that cock rock is what, what was your gateway drug to metal. So oh, yeah. that that would explain why a lot of the rip roaring songs kind of doesn't really do much. Like I'll give you an example. Like you like just got lucky more than don't close your eyes. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. There's yeah. a reason but for I, that. But I mean, I, I love I love my heavy metal too, though. I mean, I love the heavy shit. And it, it became a progression. You know, it's like once you get into it, then you want heavier, you know, and then you want more. I mean, I know you understand that. You, you There was a point in time where you want whatever was the heaviest, that's what you wanted. You know, and I progressed into that. There was a time when, you know, not, not that I ever abandoned cock rock, but, uh, like, I would always listen to what I already liked, but I stopped listening to new cock rock. You know, then I was like, ooh, what's this Cowboys from Hell album I'm hearing? You know, and I started digging more into thrash because it just, like, taste evolve and you want more. I mean, metal's a fucking drug. And I've never, I've never turned my back on it, and I've never denied what I liked. I mean, there's some stuff that over the years, like, I don't like as much as I used to, but for the most part, the shit I liked then, I still love now. And I never... When it wasn't cool to like this shit, hey, fuck you. I still like it, you know? I love my metal, you know? Like you say, there, you know, there's no, oh, I used to listen to metal. Then you're not a metal fan. Once yeah, you yeah, got yeah. it, you got exactly. it for life. Exactly. It's like, uh, um, uh, I used to be into metal. No, you never were into metal. Because if you're not into it now, then you never were into it. Because metal is not just like a fad. Never, metal's never been a fad. If anything... Uh, you know, every fad has has pushed metal to the underground, and then when that fad dies, metal creeps up its ugly head and continues to blaze on, and then there'll be other things. Look, I remember when I was a little kid, there was a there was a, a Cream magazine that, that had an article that said is heavy metal dead? And it had all these, like, you know, it had Van Halen, Kiss, you know, all these metal bands, like, you know, a collage of metal bands. And uh, this was right before the the New Wave of British Heavy Metal. This was like 79. Uh, metal was called Dead Dead. Uh, when punk rock came around, metal was dead. Disco, everything like claimed metal dead. Then the 80s came and metal made a huge comeback. And that's when I would say metal was at its trendiest. Uh, but then... Again, you know, they record companies saw, you know, with Quiet Riot started the ball rolling. They started uh, signing every band under the sun. A lot were good, but then a lot were copycats and clones. And you notice that the hair got bigger, 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 bigger. Then Appetite for Destruction came out. Then the hair came, came down flat. You notice this shit? 
It's like, and then, you know, grunge came and just killed the whole thing. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's a long-ass discussion on Bullets to Share. Yeah, there you go. And, and while we're getting so metal, that now it's going to Alone again. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the power ballad before it was known as power ballads back then. Oh God! They they made a video for it, and to tell you the truth, I was pretty shocked back then that this that this song didn't blow up. Because I think it's a beautiful, great fucking song that appeals to everybody. You know, I mean, I mean, chicks, not everybody. Uh, <laughs> uh, I love it. I think it's a great structured mellow song. I'm not a really big fan of the later power ballads, but you know, the exception of power ballads, like all these. Uh, let me think. Uh, Motley Crue with uh, Danger and On With The Show. I like those tunes. And uh, well, who else would we have back then uh, doing power ballad type stuff? Crocus. Uh, yeah, Crocus with uh, Screaming, Screaming In The Night. Night. Yeah, that was cool. And, uh, you know, the Aussie. Well, I know you didn't like them, but the Aussie power ballads back then. You know, I dug all that stuff. It was just... You know, then when, you know, I will forget you, baby. I will forget you. Like, when that happened, it's like all power ballads to be sucked, with the exception of uh, Nobody's Fool by Cinderella. Oh. I like that song. That's a good Love one. it. Love it. But I don't think I heard a power ballad after that that I liked. Like, I even hated Is That Love, you know. Um, but this one's great. I love this song. Uh, the video's kind of hokey. Uh uh, nice lip gloss, Don. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but you know, I showed them on the road and all that shit. It's a great, great fucking uh, power ballad. What do you think? Oh, they made, well, I already discussed that. What do you think of the song? Uh, I absolutely love it. Uh, you're right. This does appeal to everybody. I know a lot of people that don't like Dokken that love this song because it's just a great song. Uh, was the third single off the album their biggest hit? Made it to number 20, once again, on the rock charts. Excuse me, but only 64 on the Hot 100. But it was still their biggest hit. Um, I love back then, like you would have one ballad, and if you wanted one, it wasn't it wasn't necessary back then. If you had one, it's like it was a good slow jam that you wanted to get out. You know, you fast forward a couple years, you know, post Home Sweet Home, it had to have. And then, you know, Aerosmith really killed it to where half the album would be fucking power balance. Uh, and I, I remember, like, what I knew, like, I couldn't take it anymore. You remember a band called Steelheart? Oh, yeah. Uh, they had a really, they had a really oh, good singer. A Angel Eyes. Yeah, no, I, I didn't like that band, though. Right, right. No, but what I'm saying is, like, man, that's when it got to the... Point, you know, there was like the whole formula. You release the rock track, then the second one's the ballad, and then it's like people wrote ballads because you had to write a ballad. It wasn't from the heart. Like Aero, old Aerosmith ballads were from the heart, were incredible, and then it got to a point where they just started writing them because they had to have that Aerosmith ballad, and they weren't special anymore. You know, they weren't Dream On, they weren't Home Tonight. You know, they were you know it's shit like you know Crazy and Angel shit like that, that I, I liked Angel I liked Angel I, and I liked uh, What It Takes yeah I, I liked it at the time but but like listening to it now it's like it's really like man I, I just see dollar signs and a cash grab I don't see like it coming from a 
from a heart. I feel like, hey, uh, get Desmond Child. We need a ballad, you know. Uh, and uh, it sucks because because a a power ballad done right can be incredible. Something like the Price from Twisted Sister. Man, that that that's heartfelt. Came from real emotion and shit, you know. And then it's just like. You, you don't have to, you don't have anything to say, but you know you got to write a power ballad, and you know that's the kind of shit that killed the whole cock rock era, and, and you know made it easy for people to poke fun at it and help grunge rise because it it got so overblown and ridiculous that metal wasn't even a threat anymore. It was just a bunch of dudes that looked like chicks uh, writing soft ass music. But you know, you know? I mean, I, and also also looking back, I mean, it was very popular. Uh, it was ruling the charts and everything, but at that time when it was at its height, man, there was so many people that hated it too, including myself, that when it was time for it to go, people like myself helped. And I know, you know, everybody blames it on Nirvana and grunge, but, you know, I blame it on Poison and Bon Jovi. I blame oh, yeah. it on them. They're, they're the ones that killed uh, oh, yeah. the whole genre. It wasn't grunge, because no, if it, you really think suicide. about it, it was suicide. It and you know what? Else. And I think Nirvana gets way too much fucking uh, credit. Where at the before there was a Nirvana, there was a very popular band called REM. There was a very popular band called Red Hot Chili Peppers that were that were very alternative to stuff like that. That you know there was a lot of also other bands that I can't remember offhand but, uh, that were popular, but they they were kind of like one hit wonders type bands. But REM and Red Hot Chili Peppers were not one-hit wonders. And they were invading and all over MTV. But then what happened was Nirvana, and, I, and to this day, I don't understand why, because I was very, I was scratching my head at the time with that Teen Spirit song, how everybody was like, God, swinging off the nuts, like it's the greatest song ever, and it was the biggest buzz. I never remembered such a buzz for a band more than Nirvana. They, they, uh, they had the biggest buzz, I thought. I, I, I loved it. I thought it sounded so fresh and so different. And when everything got so homogenized and everything was the same, I was welcoming it too because I was like, oh my God, this is just, it's different at least. It's fresh. I just it, hated it. I hated it with a passion. I thought Team Spirit was garbage. And then they released Come As You Are, which I hated even more. And I was like, what the fuck? This band sucks. And then I'll never forget it was uh, Hurricane Andrew that pushed us, uh, that, you know, that made me go all the way to Orlando and stay there because I couldn't take it being down here with no electricity. So I went and rented a hotel in Orlando and I saw Metallica and Guns N' Roses, a stadium tour uh, while I was there. And that's when they, and they released the video for Lithium. Uh, and then I finally got it. I said, wow, I like this song. Yeah, I really liked the Lithium. And then, you know, I, 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 I liked it so much. I went out and bought the album and I realized the whole album was great, except for those two first singles. I hate it. To this day, I still hate Team Spirit Come As You Are. But I think the rest of that fucking album is great. You know, I never bought that album. It's a great album. I think it's a great, great fucking no, album. I, I mean, I, I have it now like on MP3. But at the time, just because you heard it so much, I, like I didn't even need to buy it. You just you couldn't escape it, so I, I didn't have to get it. I love Stay Away, man. That's like my favorite track on there. Oh, and then they released a video for In Bloom, and I love that song, too. I was like, God, it, I love Nirvana. But then then they released Insecticide, which had great songs, too, like uh, uh, 
Venison, Molly's Lips, and stuff like that. And I really do like melodic Nirvana when they were kind of like cheap trickish, you know, pop, like, you know, power pop. But then, you know, I went back and bought Bleach, you know, the, the great Bleach album that everybody like, oh, I like Bleach. I don't like that album at all, for, except for Just a Girl. I like, I like Love Buzz too. I mean, I know it's a no, no, no. Love Buzz is all right too, and also uh, Negative Creep was all right. Yeah. But the rest of that album is like Floyd the Barber and shit like that. It's just, uh, I hate it. And then the last one was like horrible. See, I love In Utero. I favorite. hate that one. I hate that. One. Love it. Serve the uh, But I liked uh, I liked Heart Shaped Box because it was it's it, it was reminiscent of Nevermind, and I liked. Uh, Penny um, uh, Royalty. Yes, I love it. Just but came that, up my my iPod the other day. But that that's it. That's all, that's all I like. Anyway, enough of Nirvana. Now uh, <laughs> now we go to the last song, right? Or are you that, done with the long? Yeah, yeah, that's the last. Boy, we're getting all over, but it's always interesting, isn't it? Well, people? I mean, this would have been an extremely short show if we didn't go go down that 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 left turn one way street. <laughs> there you go. Uh, the last track on it, which is uh, Turn On The Action. Not bad, but uh, I don't think it's a great closer for the album. I think a, a different song would have been better to close it. This would have been better in the middle. And I don't know. Like I, I, I do. I'm like, I like every song on this album, some more than others. But uh, I just don't think it's a good closer. I, and I love a good closer. Uh, but it's not a bad song. What do you think? This is the one that I, I thought didn't age well when I said earlier in the show. This is the only song on the album I would have to say was 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 of the time. You know, I remember of the time when I used to play this album when it first came out. I liked it. I thought it was cool. I still like the little uh, tire screeching thing at the end. That's about like the only thing I like about it. But. I don't, I don't like the song. I don't like the, the riffage. I don't like... I mean, it's all right. I mean, uh, considering, you know, I'll put it, you know, against, uh, you know, Burning Like a Flame or some shit, it's great. I love that song. <laughs> Fuck that song. But, uh, what do you call, uh, yeah, that's what ends the album. But, you know, I, as I said, it didn't age well. So let's, let's do a closure so that way we can play a lot of tunes in this fucking episode. All right, there you go. This album was released September 13th, 1984. Uh, was produced by Tom Warman, who people either love or hate, but you can't deny how many albums he produced that are classic. I love him. He, I, I, I do too. He can be a little bit too sterile at times, but overall, the albums he's done are amazing. Yes. Heaven uh, Tonight, man. Oh, Dream yes. Police. Oh, yes. Stay Hungry. I love Stay Hungry. Uh... It was associate producer, uh, associate producer Roy Thomas Baker, who was very famous with his work with Queen and uh, and uh, the Cars, uh, and it was mixed by Michael Wagner, who produced a lot of the albums at the time and mixed mm. a lot. It was their first studio album with Jeff Pilson, their original bass player, the one that was on uh, Breaking the Chain, was Juan Cruchet, who left to join Rat. Uh, so this. I, Definitely, this is the first album that has that docking sound. I'm kind of like even Breaking the Chains. There's a few songs I like, but there's way too much filler on Breaking the Chains. This is more like, this is when docking finds their sound to me. Uh, this was their first gold record, and their third to go platinum. 
It went platinum, I believe, in 89 after the success of Back to the Attack, which was their biggest album. Really? Uh, I, I could have sworn it was uh, Under Lock and Key. No. Because no, of the... In My Dreams. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. That was a big one, too. And that, went, that was their first to go platinum. But overall, sales was Back for the Attack. Wait, and, wait, you know, wait, 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 wait. Back for the Attack sold more than all Dokken albums? Yeah, it's their biggest selling album. That's shocking because I don't think that album at the time did as well. There was no hits off. What, what were the two videos? Heaven Sent and Burning Like a Flame. Yeah. Both and, those and, songs and, didn't do much. Uh, I know at that time, man, I listened to the fuck out of it. But they, that, that was their biggest selling album. No, that's shocking to me. It's a great album. I like it, but, you know, shocking. Uh, so, yeah, it was, their, it was their first gold, third to go platinum. Uh, the highest this one on the charts was uh, 49, uh, but it's considered a classic. I mean, you ask most, uh, a lot of Dockin fans will tell you uh, this is their best album. Yeah. Uh, like I said, my first was Under Lock and Key. And I loved it at the time. It hasn't aged as well, but there's still a lot of songs I love on Under Lock and Key, like The Hunter and, you know, In My Dreams and It's Not Love. Uh, but my favorite is Back to the Attack. Then uh, they did the live album, then they broke up. You know, Lynch had Lynch Mob. He took Nick Brown with them, you know, and they've all done different shit. Uh, I love Doc, and I wish the original lineup would get together because there's nothing like the original line. You need George Lynch and Don Dockin, just like you need David Lee Roth and Eddie Van Halen. you got to have that combination for it to sound like true, you know, Dockin, in my opinion. And you got to have Jeff Pilsen there, and fuck, for, you know, you got to have Nick Brown. Uh, let's go on to Pick of the Week, shall we? My Pick of the Week is an album that I would love to do an episode on in the future. Uh, by one of my favorite bands and you know fuck you Justin Childers for not getting this because you know you're in the minority uh, and that's Blois Nicole and this is 1982's Fire of Unknown Origin I fucking love this album this was their last uh, big hit uh, originally it was going to be the soundtrack to the movie Heavy Metal really they were supposed to do every song and then it ended up not happening and they ended up only getting one song on the soundtrack that's a veteran of Psychic Wars but a lot of these tracks were written uh, with the movie in mind and, and talk about different shit in the, in the movie um, and then Burning For You which of course is a huge hit everybody knows a lot of people you know you love it but you're sick of it because you heard it so many times but it's a great track that was originally supposed to be on Buck Dharma's solo album Flat Out but the band begged them like look this is too good and we need a hit because they really hadn't had a hit chart-wise since uh, since Don't Fear the Reaper. I mean, Godzilla, you hear on classic radio, and you know fans love it, but it wasn't the crossover hit that they wanted. And they were kind of going down album sale-wise, and boy, this put them right back up there. And it, it is a great track, but I love the title track is great. Soul Survivor, Heavy Metal, Silver and Black, Vengeance, The Pack, After Dark, I love After Dark. Joan Crawford, and a great way to end the album, Don't Turn Your Back. I absolutely love it. It's got an, an, an awesome album cover, too. And when I was a little kid, I was always kind of weirded out, fascinated at the same time by this album cover. But Blue Oyster Cult, Fire of Unknown Origin, check it out. Uh, that That's my favorite Blue Oyster Cult album. Really? I thought I thought yours was Cultosaurus. You like, no, you like, no, no, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, no, I always... 
And I think it's it has a lot to do with, you know, I knew of Blue Ridge Call. And I did own Cult of Swords before. Cult of Swords was the first album I ever bought from Blue Ridge Call. Maybe that's why I like it so much, because I know it's not very, you know, not a very popular one. But Fire of Unknown Origin, for me, is the most consistent album. Uh, the most, uh, you know, as I just love every song off it. And I saw the tour, and uh, and the tour I saw was filmed. And I'm sure you can see it on YouTube. MTV broadcasted it. Uh, Fog had open, and that was nice. broadcast. That was filmed as well. But uh, yeah, great album. Mine, uh, I think it came out the year after, 1983. Is the first album from Black and Blue. Wow. Uh, yeah, I know Tommy Thayer is not a very popular guy these days. But back in the day when he uh, pretended to be uh, Steve Clark from Def Leppard, <laughs> I don't know if you ever seen the video for Hold On to 18. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The drummer was like total uh, uh, Tommy Lee. The singer is uh, Dee Snider. And uh, the guitar player looked like uh, Steve Clark, uh, Tommy, Tommy Thayer. But, he didn't, but back then, Tommy Thayer played like Tommy Thayer. You know, and I think it's an amazing album. I loved it since I first got it. Chains Around Heaven, Show Me the Night, uh, Auto Blast. Auto Blast, by the way, uh, I borrowed a little bit off Auto Blast on the combat song Demons. Uh, check, play them back to back. I mean, they don't sound identical, but I took little things, little nuances from uh, Auto Blast and added it. To demons, so check it out. Uh, play them back to back, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Hold on to 18, wicked bitch. I'm the king. That whole album from beginning to end fucking rules. Only the strong. Uh, School of Hard Knocks. I, I, you know, anybody that's into some good classic heavy metal hard rock, you know, put your thoughts on Tommy Thayer's side and give the first Black and Blue a, ch a chance. Horrible album cover, by the way. But, yes. but a great album. It's, it's awesome from start to finish that's my pick of the week and i'm surprised i haven't had that as a pick in a week after all this time so uh all right ian all right well now we got to go into fan of the week and fan of the week uh i don't know when this episode is going to air but at the time of recording he's kind of a new guy to the page but he's been very active and that is dt hunter and uh i'm not sure dt how you i, I hope we get to know more about you and how you found the show but uh, I just like how you add shit on the page, man. I love the fucking Facebook page. It is so much fucking fun. If you listen to the show and you're not on there yet, why not? Because that shit is fucking a ton of fun. And it's thanks to people like DT Hunter that add shit. So thank you very much. You are our fan of the week. Hell yeah, DT. You know what DT stands for, Ian? What's that? Delirium Tremors? No, I'm thinking downtown. All right. Downtown. Downtown. You know, instead, or, you know, I'm hoping it's downtown, not Deep Throat. <laughs> All right. Well, now it's time we got to plug the shit we got to plug. We got to remember, we are on theindieauthority.com Saturday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Very proud that they searched us out and, and like our show. It's a different market for us. We're very excited about it. And then you got to remember the original, thatmetalstation.com where you can hear us Sundays at 12 p.m. Eastern and Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, depending on when you're hearing this, they got an amazing uh, contest going on. Rockbox with a bunch of fucking free metal CDs, man. Check it out. And then, you know, also our own 
Mike Tyler has two shows on there. One on Tuesday nights, that's all thrash. And then one on Friday nights, it's, you know, whatever you want metal. But uh, we're very proud of him. And there's also a lot of other amazing DJs. You need to get on and check out, because they're growing really big. I've been talking to Scott Green a lot lately, and man, they're really growing by leaps and bounds. And we're very proud to be part of ThatMetalStation.com. Hell yeah. Some more friends of ours who are on ThatMetalStation.com. That's The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. You got to check them out, man. Great friends of the show. Joe's been a guest on here. Gully is going to be a guest on here. And that's it's a great podcast. Check out uh, some other friends of ours. Decimal Geek Podcast, man. Great friends of ours. Check them out. The great Ken Mills and Podkist. Check out, I, I listened to your episode, the Kiss the Movies episode the other day. Wow. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. I mean, Podkist. I mean, it's, you know, a lot of our listeners, they love Kiss, man. It's all things Kiss. Check it out. Another one I'd like to plug that I really enjoy, and I'm surprised because they're from Canada. Uh, but they don't sound like they're from Canada. They bust too much balls. And that's uh, Kistry Science Theater. Have you ever listen to that show? Yes, I have, yes. Oh, I love those guys. They crack me up. Those are some other podcasts. Man, check them out. Support them. And uh, while we're talking about support, support us by going on iTunes. A lot of people lately have been uh, going on and, and trying to leave reviews. Some have been successful, some haven't. Please do your best because it really does help no, the show. Uh, I heard, this is what I heard, I don't know how true it is, iTunes puts up the reviews when we have an X amount. Like, they don't put up one at a time. They wait till there's like four or five, then they put them all up at the same time. That's, that's what I heard. That's false, I'll tell you that much, because I see one post in one day, and then one will be posted like a couple days later. Uh, I'm not sure, but uh, we recently got some new ones. We appreciate it. One disappeared for whatever reason. I don't know. I didn't know somebody could erase the review, but uh, we did lose a five-star rating in the review. We must have pissed somebody off. But, uh, man, it, it really helps us out. And not only on iTunes, but if you go on the Podbean page, and subscribe to us and follow. Shit like that makes us look, you know, like we're a big... I mean, we're getting the numbers, but the more people who actually follow us, that's what helps the show and could potentially get us, you know, some advertising, which would be nice. We're also running the iTunes contest. If you want... This is probably going to go... Because of how much trouble people are having to get their reviews on uh, iTunes, it's probably going to run a couple months. But we are going to give away, I should say Ralph's going to give away, a personalized autographed copy of the uh, Combat EP. And I know everybody wants it. I know there's a lot of people that want that. People have even already bought it want that autographed copy. So please keep trying. We're going to give it time to, to see if your reviews come through. Oh, uh, oh, Ian, I would like to bring up something. I, okay. And really, I don't want to sound like an asshole. Forgive me if I do sound like a douche saying this. But there's a lot of people that write reviews, and then they write me about it. And it's cool, I enjoy it, but Ian is the one you need to talk to. Because my thing is I'm gonna send you a CD, uh, because honestly, I'm leaving this to Ian. Ian is the one that's gonna judge it. Ian is the one that's gonna tell me, send the CD to this dude. So I don't wanna sound like an asshole, but I am planning a tour, I got an album coming out, 
my my life is is just in turmoil with so much crap going on and you know it's hard for me to get on Facebook and and sift through I get 20 to 30 messages a day and a lot of those messages I don't even read because I just can't man I can't keep up so if you wrote something on iTunes I appreciate you doing it don't get me wrong I love it but please take it to Ian and you know talk to him about it you know but yeah. but you can talk to me about anything else you can call you know hey Ralph I really like this album or I like what do you think of this album what do you think of that that I don't mind but when it comes to the iTunes thing you know because a, a lot of people have actually sent me what they wrote and I'm like and I always tell them the same thing look tell it to Ian because I'm not judging this Ian that's Ian's job but I'll talk to you about anything else there you go how's that That'll work. Oh, the life of a rock star. The, yeah. the life of a guy that can't handle too much shit at once. Hey, I hear you, dude. I hear you. Uh, also, check out our Amazon link. Uh, a lot of people have been asking me about the Amazon link. Like, how do I get it? And I, 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 maybe I don't explain it well enough, but if you go on our Podbean page, our home page, that has all our links on the right side of the page. There's the Amazon link, the YouTube, Facebook, uh, that metal station, the Indie Authority, uh, Ralph's Combat Thrasher Die. All the stuff is on there if you go to the Podbean homepage. And if you go, if because some people don't go to Podbean, you use different methods to get the show. I get that. But if you want all the links to do all this stuff, go to the Podbean homepage. I believe that's our link. If you go on iTunes, there's a little thing on the left-hand side that says links or website. You click on that, it'll take you to the Podbean page. That's how you can find all these links to do the things to help the show. You know, check out the YouTube page, Facebook, you know. And most of all, join the Facebook page, man, because, you know, we love having you be part of the family. I enjoy talking to all of you each day. I know Ralph likes to see this shit, too. Uh, but we, we've got a great little community here, and I want more of you to be part of it. But, uh, fuck, man, that's enough jibber-jabber. Can we squeeze some music into this shit? Yeah, let's do it, man. All right. All right, let's get into some music, man. And uh, all right, Ian, uh, what do you got? Uh, I got one from a mighty metal midget, and we're not talking about the great Ronnie James Dio. I'm talking about my other favorite little person, Udo Dirkschneider. Yeah. And this is off of Udo's first solo album, Animal, Animal House. House. I love yes. Animal House. Awesome. Well, right now we're going to go into the title track. This is Udo with Animal House.
right, that was Udo with Animal House. Man, that one fucking takes me back. I remember when that shit first came out. Raven. From Hell the, yeah. From their album, Life's a Bitch. This is a song that kicks off the album. Love the hell out of it. This song is called The Savage and the Hungry.
that was Raven with Savage and the Hungry. God, I love that stuff. God, I love... Don't you just love metal? Oh, yes. Damn. Big fan. Big fan of that heavy metal. That crazy <laughs> head-banging music. Cool. What do you got? All right. I've got one by a band that I'm famous uh, for slamming. And I take a lot of shit for it, too. But I stick to my guns. I still don't think they're all that. But they do have a few songs that I think are all-time classics. And I think this is the best song, at least that I've ever heard, by this band. This is UFO with the title cut. This is Lights Out.
Alright, that's the band I love to hate, UFO with Lights Out. What you got coming up, bro? Alright, I'm gonna play something like really, really heavy. This track is off their classic, classic album, Tortured Existence. This is Demolition Hammer with 44 caliber brain surgery. Thank you. 
All right, that was Demolition Hammer with 44 caliber brain surgery. And uh, one of my old man's favorite bands, and I've definitely come to appreciate him over the years, and that's Uriah Heat. And this is off, I believe this is from 72 or 73, could be wrong, but this is The Wizard. He was the wizard of a thousand kings And I chanced to meet him one night wandering He told me tales and he drank my wine Me and my magic man kind of feeling fine That was Uriah Heath with the wizard. I hope you all enjoyed that one. Ralph, what you got cooking? All right, the next one is from a band called Dead End. Very obscure band. Uh, I believe this ain't English, but it's an awesome song. I love this fucking song. Uh, it kicks ass. This song is called Dance Macabre. Yeah. 
right, that was Dead End with Dance Macabre. D-A-N-S-E. Dance Macabre. But uh, it's not even English. But I love the song, so there, there you go. go. What do you got? All right, I feel like getting a little dirty. Let's get some Motorhead on here off of 1979's Bomber. This is Sweet Revenge. Hello, Mittens. Right. 
Alright, that was the legendary Motorhead with Sweet Revenge. Alright, well that's the music portion of this week's show. Come back next week when our special guest, Kojak himself, Kelly Sabalas, is going to join us. In this oh, whoa, whoa, bringing him back from the dead? He died. Oh, that, yeah, that's a myth. That's a myth. He just, you know, he's like... No, no, no. Just... You know what's a myth is your, your closings to these shows. I'm tired of it, dude. Not once have you brought any of these fucking guests. That you, we, I'm still waiting for George Michael. There's a lot of stuff behind the scenes, a lot of managers I got to deal with. But uh, the, Telly Savalas called me. He said, hey, I've heard this show. And he goes, I'm a big uh, W. Burger fan, and I would love to talk about Death Cult uh, Armageddon. Armageddon. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like that one. I'm not Yeah, a, yeah, he, yeah. He's like, if you're ever going to do one of those Demon Burger shows, fucking can I be a guest? And I'm like, yes, Mr. Savalas. You know, I loved you in Kojak and not Her Majesty's Secret Service. So, but I still got to deal with his manager, but I, I think negotiations are going to work out. So next week, there's a very good possibility Telly Savalas is going to be with us in the studio. Who loves you, baby? Ain't going to happen. Maybe.